one night in London at the conclusion of a lecture by the distinguished naturalist Dr. Louis Agassiz, a woman complained to him that she had never had a chance. In response to her complaint, he replied, do you say, madam, you never had a chance? What do you do? The Swamp Drawer, where all good produce goes to die. Dun, dun, dun. We couldn't afford it even when there weren't food shortages. We certainly can't afford it now. Recession-proof your grocery budget. Learn to grow the food your family eats without the weeds or the waste. For more information about my simple and easy container gardening course, where you will learn to save money by growing your own healthy organic fruits and vegetables, go to joyfulprepcontainergarden.com. Have you ever found yourself feeling out of control and overwhelmed with all the chaos in the world? As mothers, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Joyfully Prepared guides and reassures mothers that they can create a home of love, unity, and laughter, as well as produce an atmosphere of resourcefulness and resilience. I know a lot about a few things and a little about a lot of things. I'm your host, Wendy Birkin, and this is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Well, hello. This is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast, and I am your host, Wendy Bergen, and I'm going to share with you one of my most favorite stories that I've ever heard in my life. I don't know why the story, just every time I read it, it just thrills me. But, and in, and to go along with it, I often tell you in every episode, well, nearly every episode, to take something that you've heard today in this podcast and teach it to somebody else. This helps your retention. It helps you to implement when you teach something to someone, you have a better remembrance of it and it will change your life. You doing the teaching. Okay. So um, I'm going to continue the story and you just heard the first part of a woman who tells this uh, brilliant naturalist that she never had a chance. How many times have you said to yourself or heard somebody else complain, it's not fair, I don't have enough money, I this, I that, whoa, whoa, whoa is me. Well, this story hopefully will help you see the value of knowledge, learning, action, creation, and how much power you really have in your life. Okay, I'll continue. He replied, do you say, madam, you never had a chance? What do you do? I am single and help my sister run a boarding house. What do you do? He asked. I skin potatoes and chop onions. He said, madam, where do you sit during these interesting but homely duties? On the bottom of on the bottom step of the stairs. Where do your feet rest? On the glazed brick. What is glazed brick? I don't know, sir. He said, how long have you been sitting there? She said, 15 years. Madam, here is my personal card, said Dr. Agassiz. Would you kindly write me a letter concerning the nature of a glazed brick? She took him seriously. She went home and explored the dictionary and discovered that a brick was a piece of baked clay. 
The definition seemed too simple to send to Dr. Agassiz. So after the dishes were washed, she went to the library and in an encyclopedia, she read that a glazed brick is vitrified kaolin and hydrous aluminum, aluminum silicate. She did not know what that meant, but she was but she was curious and found out. She took the word vitrified and read all she could find about it. Then she visited museums. She moved out of the basement of her life and into a new world on the wings of vitrified. And having started, she looked she took the word hydrus, studied geology, and went back to her studies to the time when God started the world and laid the clay beds. One afternoon, she went to a brickyard where she found the history of more than 120 kinds of bricks and tiles and why there have to be so many. Then she sat down and wrote 36 pages on the subject of glaze, brick, and tile. Back came the letter from Dr. Agassiz. Dear Madam, this is the best article I have ever seen on the subject. If you will kindly change the three words marked with asterisks, I will have it published and pay you for it. A short time later, there came a letter that brought $250 and penciled on the bottom of the letter was the query, what was under those bricks? She learned the value of time and answered with a single word, ants. He wrote back and said, tell me about the ants. She began to study ants. She found that there were between 1,800 and 2,500 different kinds. There are ants so tiny you could put three head to head on a pin and having standing and have standing room left over for other ants. Ants an inch long that marched in solid armies half a mile wide, driving everything ahead of them. Ants that are blind, ants that get wings on the afternoon of the day they die, ants that build ant hills so tiny that you can cover one with a lady's silver thimble. Peasant ants that keep cows to milk and then deliver the fresh milk to the apartment house of the aristocratic ants of the neighborhood. After reading much microscopic work and deep study, the spinster sat down and wrote Dr. Agassiz 360 pages on the subject. He published the book and sent her the money, and she went to visit all the lands of her dreams on the proceeds of her work. Ah, oh, I love that story. Um, the story is... Um, uh, from uh, from a book called The Gift of Self by Marion D. Hanks. It was published in 1974. I love this story so much. I just said that. I'm going to say it again. I find it to be so motivating and so encouraging. Um, and and so anyway, I hope you enjoy it. I, I would love to hear from you what you what your thoughts are about um, about the story as well. Um, so let's talk about that. Well, I'm going to talk about it. I am thankful for a father and a mother who taught me the love of learning. My dad is, uh, one of the greatest learners. My mom is too, but one of the skills that I learned from my dad is the ability to ask questions. And my dad is fantastic. And, it, and even if it's something he doesn't necessarily, uh, I'll give you a want to, like he wants to learn it, but not necessarily wants to um, participate. For instance, back, oh, 17 years ago, 15, 17, 20 years ago, who knows? Time just keeps going on. <laughs> um, I was super big into couponing. Like I did massive 
couponing things. And that's how I built an amazing food storage, quite frankly. I just, um, with all the digital stuff, it got to be um, too confusing for me. That's kind of why I stopped doing massive couponing like I used to. But um, I would tell my dad about this. And one time we were together and he said, tell me about couponing. And so I began to talk to him about couponing and he would ask me questions, question this question, whatever the question was, I was able, I'm I'm sure we talked for about mm, an hour, just talking about different things and the value of couponing. And um, it was just a delightful conversation for a few reasons. Um, Number one, I got to spend time with my dad. Number two, when you ask, when he asked me questions about my expertise, it made me feel like an expert, like an authority. And that feeling came from his, um, his questions because he took interest in me. I mean, he's my dad. Of course, he loves me and, and takes interest in me. But that, um, I became the teacher to my father, who has always been my teacher. So that was such a blessing to me to feel as though what I was doing and how I was working to benefit my family, that my dad took interest in that. And he asked me questions. And so he's always been like that. He's always been a fantastic learner about the way he asks questions and And that is something that I brought with me into my my life, asking questions. I want to learn from people. And my son was uh, down for Christmas, and we were talking about something. I don't remember what it was, but we were talking about asking questions. And he was saying, oh, I asked this question and that question and find out da-da-da. And I realized how... um, how I had passed down this legacy from my father and that my son and my, I know other, my, one of my other daughters, I have other children too, but just in this case, um, my son recognized it. So the ability to ask questions is one of your, it's free to ask a question is free. Um, I have a friend who is a mentor of mine, kind of in the space of um, preparedness and survivalism and current affairs. And I I use when I lived in New Jersey, I taught classes, uh, community classes uh, called prepare every needful thing, or we called them pent classes back then, P-E-N-T. And I would come in and teach canning or gardening, um, gosh, herbal remedies, I can't think of it. I mean, it went on for two or three years. So lots of subjects. And um, Will started coming because it was a community class taught at my church. And and that's where I met him. He came to my class and he began to um, ask, not ask questions, but he would clarify statements that I made about why you have to do can this much for so long or whatever. And, and different, and different things he would come in and he would clarify, honestly, it got a little annoying. And if he ever listens to this, I'm, he knows (laughs) I was like, dang it. But what I learned from his ability to clarify uh, my comments in my classes was that I started to do more research myself. 
I became a, a more of an expert, more of an authority. I learned why this thing did this thing or why you had to do it this way. And so I kind of tried to beat them to the punch so that I didn't kind of look like a fool in my class. But then I was learning things. And, and when you do that research yourself, you have this, this foundation, this knowledge, and no one can take it away from you. But you can then take the, that knowledge and you can use words that make more sense to people. I can give you all the, um, the scientific words about freeze drying, and it would probably make your eyes roll up in the back of your head, like seriously. But if I tell you simple terms, what happens, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I know what the scientific reasonings are. And but I can when you know that kind of stuff, you can make it more simple for people. And those who want to know more, you have deeper knowledge as well. Now, um, I like the question that this man, this doctor asked the lady in the story. You, you say you've never had a chance. So I've, we have the ability to ask people. We have the ability to do our own research. And here's the, um, here's the exclamation point. We live in an age you can learn anything. You can learn anything you want to learn. The internet is a, such a wonderful place. It is. There's a lot of bad. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to learn something, the internet has it all. All of it. Now, I will say this. The internet is going to limit you on a couple of things. Learning how to think critically. You're going to have to figure that out. There probably are some videos, but thinking critically uh, is lacking in our world. Um, some people may call it common sense, street smarts, if you will. But being able to put things together, that might be a little difficult to find on the Internet. If you uh, disagree with me, I would love to know. Show me that. Um, I'll tell you, um, my children, I taught them critical thinking skills, and this is what, what I did because I had mentors. Don't think I did this because I'm so smart, but because I had mentors, they taught me, because we homeschool, they taught me to read to my children out loud. And um, my children, we read all sorts of books from Old Yeller to, um, what is it, Babe, um, to, uh, what's the one, Animal Farm. We read Animal Farm back in the 2016 election cycle. And so that was, that's six years ago. So my daughter, who is 17 now, would have been 11, something like that, 10 or 11. And my son, my other two children kind of grown. My son would have been 14, somewhere in there. And we were reading Animal Farm and they still talk about that book today. They have a memory of that book. And this is what I did. I read to them out loud and I would ask them questions. I would say things like, well, why do you think he was going to do that? What would you have done in that circumstance? 
you know, different questions that would help them to internalize what was going on inside of themselves rather than just reading a book. It's good to read out loud. And then we would also stop and define words. If I didn't know a word, I would pull out, pull out your dictionary. We Let's go for it because we need to know what these words are. So reading books to your children, asking um, questions is one of the greatest ways you can develop critical thinking skills in yourself and in your, um, your children. In fact, there's a book called How to Read a Book. And it's a great book. I hold, I'll, I'll, I'll post it in my show notes so that you can, that you can find it. Um, it's called How to Read a Book. And what they teach in there is how to take notes in the book. And the theory around it is, what if you were in a bookstore, like a, you know, old bookstore, used bookstore, and you came across a book that um, um, somebody you loved had written notes in. Um, this is kind of far-fetched, but George Washington, let's say, or Thomas Jefferson, anybody that you admire, and you found this book and found that this person had taken notes in this book. And how you would just devour that book. You'd buy it because it was really priceless. Not only had they read it, touched it, but they had put um, their thoughts to the book as well. So when you read a book, I, that's why I prefer to read physical books. I have a pen or a highlighter and I'm reading, taking notes. I have often have a notebook next to me where I'm kind of writing these thoughts down as well, trying to piece together what's going on um, as far as what's happening in my life. How do I internalize this? So be an active reader, take notes, highlight, think about things, ask questions, take what you're reading and apply them. Go and ask questions to people say, I just read this in a book while you're sitting at table. I, you know, or talking to your husband or wife, whoever, um, I just read this in a book. What do you think about this? And to hear what they have to say. So it becomes this active, critical thinking process for you. Um, number two, that's hard to find on the internet is hard work. Um, having your children work hard is going to benefit them in the long run. I have seen my children um when they go into work environments, jobs, they, because they have worked on the farm and they worked at an early age, they can go into an environment, a new job and, and crush it. I'm really proud of my kids. Now I'm also going to encourage you to find a mentor. These people that you can ask questions of. Now it's awesome. Facebook is a great place to find groups. I have a free Facebook group called uh, Joyfully Prepared. You can go to that. It's www.joyfulprepgroup.com and you can go join that group and ask questions and you will get a lot of great answers. And there's all sorts of, I join new groups and, and then leave them once I get my information or I'll stay in them um, all the time, trying to find expert answers to questions I might not be able to find on the internet or even better, and maybe instead of or, it should be and, even better, finding someone who has been there, done that. That's this mentor idea, right? Where you can trust them you can uh, ask the questions, have support, 
Um, I highly recommend coaching and and learning from people because there's so much information on the internet. I mean, it just and the internet is fantastic, but there's so much that sometimes it's hard to um, compile in your own brain what is right, wrong, true, false, and then having a mentor could really take a lot of time off your learning. So. Um, that's my, I, I, I love the story. This woman said, I never had a chance. Yes, you do. You always have a chance. You're not a victim. You're responsible for your own happiness. You're responsible for your own knowledge. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Question things, ask people questions. I don't care if you're talking to the cashier at the, at the grocery store, ask her a question about her life. Ask her a question about being a cashier ask her how she's doing, learn from people, open up and learn. Now, one, one caveat, this is not a two-way street. This is mostly a one-way street. So as you become more active in asking questions and listening for the answer, do not like all of a sudden, um, put in your two cents. You're asked, you're there to ask questions and learn from somebody else. They are not going to be interested in you. It is a rare occasion that anyone is ever going to ask you questions to learn from themselves. I don't think that came out right. It is very, very rare that it will be a two-way street. Most people really, really, really want to talk about themselves. So when you go, when you start this new habit of learning from other people, of questioning, of talking to people, just know that you're there as an active listener, as a support to other people and to learn. That's what I'm going to say. Now, just um, and then start figuring things out. So, um Again, my favorite story. I love the hope, the motivation, encouragement, the success of this story. And it's not just about her being able to make money. It's about this one man asking her one question. And I, the, the, I think probably the most important line in that whole story was when it said she took him seriously. He said, right, once you find out what the glazed brick is, write me. And she took him seriously. And she did uncovered all this information. And she began to blossom as a human being and became an expert because of the questions she asked, the research she did, the field trip she took, an open mind to do this. And her dreams came true all because of her effort in learning. All right. So that's good, huh? Happy New Year. Happy learning. I'd love to know what you want to learn. And I also want to invite you to um, reach out to me. I have a paid membership. It's called the Joyfully Prepared Inner Circle. And this is where I have a community of women who are working on their own projects. And they come to me as a resource, as a support, as a cheerleader, and um as accountability on some levels, but we also work on things together. But if you're looking for someone to be that mentor for you in the, in the realm of preparedness, self-reliance, consider, um, consider joining my, my membership. 
I think you'll find it fun to be in there. Uh, and uh, you can go to my website, joyfullyprepared.com, and you'll find a link for the membership. And you'll be able to ask me questions if you want, join, uh, have join if you want to join. I talked about my free membership. I'm sorry, my free Facebook group. But um, anyway, so that is uh, an invitation for you to come into my community to learn more about preparedness, where you can be guided and given the answers that you need rather than spend a ton of time online trying to figure it out. I'm, I'll be your support, your cheerleader, accountability, we'll laugh, all the things, and you'll see what I'm doing too. I'm working on different things. Um Thank you for listening. Please download the the episode and subscribe and leave a review. And I'd love it for you to pass it on to someone else. Uh, and remember to go out and teach to some someone anything that you've learned today. All right. Enjoy your day. Thank you so much for listening to Joyfully Prepared. I'm grateful for you and appreciate you inviting me into your life. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about this delightful podcast. Leaving a joyful review would earn you all sorts of karma points too. I invite you to join my free Facebook group at www.joyfulprepgroup.com and join with other like-minded mothers.